Are you guys ready up there? Welcome to the Women in Film and Television Ireland podcast. I'm the chair of the Writers Guild of Ireland and Women in Film and Television member, Jennifer Davidson. On the 7th of May last year, Women in Film and Television and the Writers Guild collaborated on a very special joint event, Women Writing for the Screen, Strategizing for Our Future, which took place in the Museum of Literature, Ireland. Women in Film and Television chair, Dr. Susan Liddy, moderated a lively panel discussion on the opportunities available for writers over the age of 40 with Liz Gill, Angeline Ball, Julie Berg, Ruth Spencer and Jean Pasley. So the first thing to just say is um, uh, Angeline Ball very graciously agreed to join us today and we were all looking forward to seeing her in person and unfortunately Angeline got COVID again despite her best efforts and vaxxed up to the nines and so on uh, but she very kindly agreed to come in via Zoom so we're delighted to have you Angeline I know that she probably her perspective is a little bit uh, off here in terms of she's not sitting beside us and so on but uh, but you'll be part of the conversation Angeline and we're very very grateful that you joined us so can I just begin by saying uh, to, to everybody I'm going to give like two couple of couple of words from each person I, I told you that I wasn't even going to do the bios but just I think it's really kind of rude just to start anyway so as I mentioned you Angeline Angeline Ball actor recent work and I mean obviously I could be here for the day telling you what she did but you all know her recent work includes deadly cuts and hidden assets and many many other things um, and we move over here to Ruth Spencer and Julia Berg both again I'm sure CVs as long as your arm but we're they're here today to talk specifically about the writers lab and that uh, that's a screenwriting development program for women over 40 and I think that's a, such an interesting uh, and very important uh, initiative that we should uh, I'm dying to hear more about it myself we move to Jean pa- pa- Pasley is that right? I'm sorry, I was mispronouncing it. Uh, thank you, Jean. And again, uh, a very long list of writing credits. Um, uh, at the Short Ship of Souls, co-writer on The Bright Side, a couple of things in development. Uh, Jean, a very experienced writer uh, of novels, I believe, as well. Or, or you, one novel. Uh, one novel so far. Maybe who knows what's going to come. Uh, uh, but anyway, Jean, thank you very much for joining us. I've wanted to meet you for a number of years, I have to say, so I'm absolutely delighted to meet you in the flesh. And um, here we have... Our uh, uh, writers, Gil, uh, 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 sorry, women in film and television board colleague, uh, Liz Gill. Uh, Liz Gill. I mean, writer director. One time, I know I keep saying I keep putting writer director on you, even though Liz now is focused on producing and she is story producer on uh, Vikings Valhalla. But I mean, Liz has done an awful lot in her career, and uh, and you're all, I'm sure, very aware of her work. Um, somebody said to me, get Liz Gill, get her, get her, as though I was going to rush out into the double streets and get her to come here. Was that you, Jennifer? <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, we're delighted we did get her, and she's here, and that's wonderful. Uh, guys, today we're talking about, um, I suppose, look, we could, you can approach a panel like this in a number of ways. There's the celebratory aspect, so that when we're speaking about women writing over 40 it doesn't always have to be accompanied by oh what's the disaster oh you know are we being you know we're not where are you there's no visibility that's we could do that and we could do we could also say come on let's look at the the visibility issue i think we're going to try and do both today but um i suppose if we could just talk first about and i'll start with you liz about ageism has to be mentioned when you talk about certain things. I'm not saying that ageism impacts on all writers over 40. It doesn't even impact on all of those over 40 working in the industry. But I know from research I've done, it impacts in a certain way on a a number of women. The difficulty is, I don't know if you're aware of the book that was written back, I don't know, when it was at the 60s, Betty Friedan, The Problem That Has No Name, she called it, in The Feminine Mystique. Uh, I think that ageism is the problem that cannot be named, actually, for lots of reasons, because if you have a suspicion that your choices are being limited at a certain age, because we have internalised so much ageism ourselves and because society is so ageist, um, you... My, my, from talking to women for recent research that I've done, there's a sense that they don't want to raise that because they don't actually want to draw attention to what age they are. They don't want people looking at that kind of stuff. So there's an awful lot of strategies devised then around, you know, fudging maybe 
you know, you know, what point markers in your CV, maybe strategies for avoidance of, you know, mentioning age and all of those kinds of things. Um, so so there's, there's a whole load in that we could talk about. But Liz, would you acknowledge ageism in society and how does that link for you or does it to the screen industries? Because I'm not supposing that just because some people have said to me it, it does and there is international research, but I know there's lots of areas that... Are, maybe you might feel are not impacted by how we, what age a person is. Um, well, I would I'd, I'd approach it just from a, from my own little yes, subjective yes, experience. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think we can all believe agree ageism is a thing. Yeah. Um, and in a, in an industry that is already let's say more discriminating for women, mm. then it, it probably exacerbates it. That said, I have to say. It feels to me like young people today yeah. are a lot less prejudiced than yeah. I was when yeah. I was in my 20s. Yeah. Someone over 40 yeah. was just old. Whereas yeah. now there's a, there, you know, it, and this is, you know, just like yeah. walking into a cafe, young people don't seem as hostile or suspicious as I would have been perhaps. <laughs> but um, so, and, and I think it de depends on the, the um, category that you're working in. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, like if you're, if you're, if you're talking about TV, Mm. producing and pitching mm. there's definitely an enthusiasm for you know the bright young spark mm. and there's a lot of you know um, attention paid to kind of new and emerging mm. and all mm. that mm. now emerging and new can can be mm. 50 yes but yeah. um, it's not quite embraced in that way mm. I would say mm. and so a lot of the and then and then you have the so you have the overt Ageism, which is in the industry, which I think is just going to be cruel anyway, mm. you know, if, mm. for men and women. If you start to seem in any way aged, mm. you could be dead. Mm. Um, but also there's that um, CV gap, I suppose, because if you have children mm. and if you are in a relationship where you're the one who has to be at the crash at six mm. every night, mm. you are not networking in that same way mm. and it's a very much a business of relationships obviously and mm. so there can be a lag let's say in your credits or experience so that there's this perhaps unconscious thing well geez you're 50 and you've only done this as opposed to the guy next to you who might have more credits but mm. not mm. necessarily better it's just yeah. so I don't know if that is, yeah. that's just yeah. my experience of kind of how do you think that when you're when you reach a certain level that you're safe do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. if you, with a degree of experience, that once you're in somewhere and you've proven yourself, that it really doesn't matter after? No, you don't see it like that? I think that? you're instantly dead if you're not keeping up, if you're not okay. way faster than the other person. And that's not necessarily age-based. Right, based. yeah, yeah. And, and also, it depends on the category. Like, again, if you're, if you're in there pitching and you're super experienced, yeah. um, that's going to count for something. Yeah. Or equally, if you're like young and exciting, that's yeah. going to count for something. Right. If, um, if you're in other trades, mm. like if you're a script supervisor, mm. great. I mean, you'll probably get to the point where you don't want to sit in fields anymore. Mm. And that will kind of, mm -hmm. you'll opt out mm. perhaps. Mm. But it wouldn't be held against you unless you start getting kind of forgetful. Um, but <laughs> if you're still in the, you know, in the hole of your health, it's mm. not going to. But it's such a competitive business mm. in every regard. Mm. And so it's just one of those other things that might differentiate you right. if, okay. if it's a vulnerability. Okay. Jean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Just picking up on what Liz yeah. said about younger people being less hostile to mm -hmm. older people now. I just uh, two years ago made a short film and the producer was 29 and all the crew were all young. And there was no issue at mm. all. No. Mm. I didn't feel any problems at all. Mm. So that's great. It is great. It is yeah. terrific. Yeah. But ageism, you know, it's really funny when you when you invited me to speak about ageism. I was kind of going, oh, what's that? I haven't experienced any. That's great. I, I mean, it's noticed. great. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. I just got my head in the, the yeah. sand, but yeah. I actually haven't noticed. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, a lot of the the a, the discrimination I would have experienced would be positive discrimination mm. in terms of not having to queue for the supermarket during COVID and, you know, <laughs> getting a, you know, a lot. I think in this country we really do look after older people very well and, you know, free travel and 
uh, free television licenses. So there's a lot of positive discrimination as well as the negative side, which would be, you know, uh, try getting insurance when you're over 70. It's going to cost you a fortune. They, uh, your travel insurance doubles as soon as you hit 70 or something. Um, uh, driving, you have to get a GP cert to, to drive. So I suppose um, age as a a measure of mm. capacity or capability is a very poor variable. Mm. Um, you know, you, you have people of 50 who can't do the work of a 75-year-old. Mm. It's completely case by case. Mm. So as a determinant, it's, it's a very poor mm. uh, measure mm. of a person's capacity. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because, you see, we don't have data in this country about age. Mm. Screen Ireland, I think, are actually... Uh, we have made some requests around that, and I believe they are putting some data together. Um, but but we know from we know from international research coming through now that it is actually an issue. It's an issue on screen, particularly. Less research has been done about how those behind the camera are impacting on that, and that that's research that I'm kind of interested in myself. Can I park you guys for a minute? Because I, I know that it will be much better, I think, to come back to you if I could go to Angeline first. Angeline, as an actor who's um, reading scripts and, you know, making judgments about what projects to take and so on, have you any thoughts on whether... Um, whether the stereotyping that international research would suggest exists for women as they pass 40 into the 50s and beyond, whether that's a real thing or not. Absolutely. I, I you know, um, firstly, you know, I knew that I was going to be joining in on this event today and I just started to kind of hunt around a little bit on the Internet. And I ended up becoming really frustrated and angry, to be honest with you. Um, and deflated absolutely and in terms of um writing mm. uh, not not all because there are some really interesting you know scripts coming out but in general and i wrote this down um you know you you get very kind of um you get kind of very resigned about a part if they have the older woman in inverted commas and it's usually you know uh, say Maura in her 55 you know following that it would say hardened by life um trying to hang on to her youth bitter um <laughs> Yeah, you know, a former beauty who's still trying to hang on to the ghost of herself, you know, and you just like, oh, like it's already mapped out for you. And it's it's really, it's quite upsetting, you know, because I think I just read a quote earlier and it says ageism is a cultural illness, not a personal illness. And unfortunately, I think, you know, were, were bound by these chains. And it is, I think certainly, you know, had been, um, had been um, instigated by the patriarchy. Let's probably not go down that road, but, you know, so it, it, you know, when something comes along, when you're none of that, it's quite um, rewarding. Um, and where maybe you can explore with the director and the writer, like for me, I tend to, I'm in my early 50s, and I tend to like to give my character a backstory, even if it's not written in the script. I like to do a whole backstory where I can kind of form my character because no matter what my character, if she is a bitter old woman, <laughs> I still want to find some sort of empathy towards her, you know? So, um, yeah, it's definitely a thing. And like, for instance, today, um, I'm going, I'm putting myself on tape on Monday for a part. And this is the other thing is then the older woman is sometimes pitted against the younger woman. So the older woman is jealous of the younger woman. And there's this kind of, you know, um, standoff. And this is what we got in this scene to, that I have to do. And it was quite shocking that, dare I say, I won't say it, but the C word comes into it. The younger person says to the older lady, the more mature lady, should I say, um, you're nothing but an old C. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, it just, I, I was really arrested by that because also in writing you get, I think it's probably expected that you get these women um, pitching, pitting against each other, you know, um, and especially this kind of language that's supposed to be kind of cool and stuff. I just, 
it just jars with me, you know? So yes, it's definitely still out there. Um, it's nice that sometimes you get scripts now that are kind of very generic and broad. So it would say 40, say 50 to 60. Mm -hmm. um, and they say, you know, the name is Jan or something. So there's no kind of physical explanation, you know, how she looks, what height, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of have to read between the lines, reading the script about how you approach it. But having said that, sometimes it can get too broad. So I think, you know, we can't swing too far out from, you know, describing um, the character, but at the same time, you've got to give something for the actress to work with, you know? Thanks, Angeline. Yeah, that's very interesting. And I suppose it can, comes nicely now to uh, Julia and Ruth. I wonder, could you, you tell us a little bit about, I presume that the Writer's Lab, which is directed uh, towards women, 40s onwards, developing screenplays. I presume that emerged because there was a, a, a recognition that there wasn't enough screenplays, or did it emerge from a recognition that there weren't enough parts for women? Because obviously we know from, from other things that you know who's behind the camera impacts who's in front of the camera, and uh, we've seen that, in other words, we're at the minute, for instance, that there's been great diversity in casting coming through uh, research about Netflix, but, uh, you know, and then, but a lot of those groups are a bit a little bit kind of nervous because they're not behind the camera yet. So then you can kind of go, well, maybe that can change. Maybe that's a faddish thing. So tell us a little bit about the Writer's Lab and that commitment to the script, which I think is interesting. Yeah, sure. Did you want... Okay. Um, I think to begin, it um, we should talk about where it all came from. Yes. So yeah. um, the Writer's Lab originated in the States. Um, it's founded by two... I would call them trailblazers. I think they're pioneers, I, we adore them. Um, two women from New York, they're also very kind of clear about that, it's not Hollywood, it's New York. And it was about eight years ago, and at the time Elizabeth Caden, um, and no, yeah, Elizabeth and Nixa were writing, they were writing together, and I assume they were 40 plus, and they just felt so frustrated by just this kind of gaping hole or vacuum in terms of where can we go with our projects? What can we, where can we, what can we do? Who can we meet? And they felt this overwhelming frustration amongst their peers and wanted to do something about it. And were like, let's actually become powerful. Let's have some agency and create a lab for women screenwriters who are 40 plus. Let's create a lab that is about community Let's ensure that we're um, connecting women to incredible other women in the industry, mentors, and let's see what can happen with these scripts and nurture stories. So that's where it came from. And I think something that Nietzsche talks about uh, quite a bit that I love is that even though it seems like it's niche, right? 40 plus, ooh, you know, and you can already feel the execs squirm. <laughs> it's like, it's not at all. The breadth of narratives is incredible. Um, we, why we're here is because we partnered with Nietzsche, Nietzsche and Elizabeth last year or a year and a half ago and basically um, created the UK lab um, with Ireland, so it's UK and Irish lab um, and we partnered with Kate Blanchett's Sturdy Films. Um, for us it was very much like if we're going to do this we need to make an impact, make it loud, as loud as they have in the States with Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman supporting them um, and Screen Ireland have been incredibly supportive and came in um, so did Northern Ireland Screen, Screen Scotland, Film Camry Wales. Um, and then similarly off the back of that, we just went, wait a minute, there feels like there's more room because we started getting quite a few emails from European-based writers saying, hey, it's really sexist in Italy, it's really ageist, please come. So then we just launched a, another lab, a European lab, um, mm -hmm. and are doing it at the moment. So it came out of... Um, I mean, they're also kind of stats, right, around yeah. you look at um, it, I think it's, you know, 250 of the highest grossing films from last year, 2021, there are 25% of them have women behind uh, the camera, producers, editors, writers, directors, um, and of that 17%, of that 25%, 17% are women. Mm. There's a gaping hole, and, and you look at the population, where there's 50% of the population. Mm. TV and film are there to, uh, one of our biggest consumable products, mm. Mm. and it reflects society, and it speaks to society, so where are we in that conversation? Mm. Um, and we're deeply underrepresented mm. on screen, you know, both in front of it and behind, behind mm. the camera. 
And, you know, if you're not having... It doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be women narratives, and that's, you know, we're big on that with the Writers Lab. It's not necessarily us saying all the stories need to be about women, but a women's lens, a women's perspective, is really important. Mm. You, do you want to add to, to She said it so well. She said it so well, I know, I know, I know. I, I'd like to just go for a second to Liz, because Liz, you, you did one of those yeah, nights. Yeah. And I think there is there's at least one person in the room who did it as well. Jenny, you did it. Is there anybody else here who did the lab? No, Jenny, definitely, anyway. How did you find it? Uh, amazing. I mean, as you say, the diversity of the material was really incredible. The, the range of mm. stories was really fascinating. And there was, and it's, I think, I mean, Jenny would speak better to this, but I think um, writing can be a very lonely zone. Mm. Um, and so there, to create that sense of community, I think, is as valuable as the actual kind of scripty mm. development work. But to have a network of people you can say, is this weird? Or have you ever experienced mm. this? I think mm. is really precious. Mm. And I presume that that can be ongoing mm. and that there were probably relationships formed mm. within the group, even though, unfortunately, it was so remote. Yes. that could still be productive, mm. you know. But, but what, was it different to any writer's group that you might ever have come across? Uh, well, Do you also know the, I'm just trying to get yeah. to, just the fact that it was for, for mature women, and this is another thing that, that mm. I found in my research, it's the, it's the language that we use people find problematic. Um, and, and I totally get all these things because all of us want to live in an ageless society. That's the fact of it, we do. But of course we don't, you know, is the, is the thing. And so a, a lot of women I spoke to don't like terminology like ageing women or women. You know, they're kind of going like, I just don't want that label on me, even though I feel I'm suffering from, from its problems. So I'm going to say mature women for today, right? Just, just so we won't run into difficulties. Was, that, was the lab experience for you, though, different in some way? Because, because, because it was for women over a certain age. Um, I can't say quite directly, but what I would say to that is that we, if we're talking about gender mm. equality um, and diversity mm. through mm. whatever mm. rooms or, or mm. representation, then I think the more we do actually talk about ageism, mm. the more helpful it is, mm. because it's still possible to populate a room and be like, oh, it's 50-50 gender, it's you know, or whatever mm. other ethnic or class makeup, mm. and be slightly forgetful about the fact that age mm. is also mm. a quality mm. that is underrepresented mm. so that label may mm. be somewhat uh hard to wear yeah. you know and you can't actually remove your birth date off no. imdb exactly. I tried. <laughs> 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 but, but yet yeah. i suppose then the more we yeah. are yeah. recognizing yeah. And, and ticking that yeah. box as well if yeah. we can we should be yeah and i suppose in a way you know the concealment of age we're all used to that we sure aren't we you know we're Aren't we reared on it? You know, everything we put on our faces. And I, by the way, I'm not setting myself aside from anybody else. You know what I mean? I don't think any of us can. It's all about keeping age at bay. It's all about what's the best cream, how, how we're going to dress younger, how do we... We all know this. Um, and it's, it's tr But it's, it, it still it takes a sort of a bravery, doesn't it, to kind of... And can, can, can we even expect individuals to say, well, I'm going to sweep all that aside and I, I'm going to discount it because you're still working and, you, and living in the culture that, that this is the norm for. Jean, there's a lot of talk in recent times about finding quality, diversity of voice, all of this. Now, my question to you is, is you know, should age be in there? But, but am I talking to somebody who fortunately, I'm, I'm delighted that this is the case, has not actually experienced, if we say, any kind of disadvantage as regards age. So, so maybe, I don't know whether that inflects your, your response. I, I really don't think about it. Yeah. I, I haven't thought about it yeah. before today. Yeah. Um, occasionally, you'd be at a meeting or yeah. somewhere where there's much younger mm. people and they might be like, oh God, have to work with this person who's geriatric. And, and they're, but they, when you get into the work, when the work mm. is quality work, mm. or when a project has uh, a stamp of approval mm. from a recognised body, mm. I think people are more relaxed about mm. it. Mm. I was just thinking of something you said, uh, which was 
the execs going crazy when you start talking about older women and stuff. Mm. I, I, this statistic I saw the other day, it really shocked me. It seems that older people own 75% of the wealth in, mm. in EU. Mm. And they account for 80% of consumer spending. Mm. So given those, that kind of number, mm -hmm. it's really shocking that there aren't yeah. more films mm. um, aimed at mm. this target market. Absolutely. Uh, so what's yeah. wrong with these yeah. people? Yeah, they don't get that. Yeah, but I wonder is it is there a case man? Yeah, well no, because actually, oh, I yeah, yeah, I was reading about uh, Kate O'Reardon's mother talking about this, and she was asked in some interview were things getting better, and you know I suppose I was preparing myself for her to say well they're grand you know because I'm you know doing well, she says look they might be getting better but you're still going into a room and you're still being talked over. Uh, and that was her experience. That, that, so you've got a double thing there, haven't you? You've got the intersection of sexism and ageism in that kind of case, mm. where the men are still raising their voices to be heard, but also you've kind of kind of that sort of, if you're not very lucky, that devaluing, I suppose, of the older women. I mean, if you look at the, you know, if you look at the parts, uh, you know, as you mentioned there, Angeline, you know, I mean, we're all. Sometimes I'm shocked when they actually declare their age in films because, to me, they're acting as if they're 20 years older. They're shuffling around, and I'm expecting them to say, "Oh, well, I'm 80," and they're saying, "Actually, I'm nearly 60." And I go, "What? I don't know anybody 60." It's kind of like there's just some uh, there's some gap, isn't there? As though people are talking mythically about an age that they actually don't know anything about. None of the women I know of that age look anything like what, what we're being presented with on screen. Uh, what do you think, Angeline? Would you... Absolutely. Um, just initially going back to Jean's point about uh, the financial aspect, uh, especially with women, um, I, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but I actually call it uh, the menopausal pound because that's that gap in, in the market that is slowly starting to turn around that we're not you know treating it as such a taboo subject and it's not hidden under the you know the covers so to speak um, and on Liz's point as well is that I do think that people well actresses as well as women we're having babies later so mm. we're having our families and then we're kind of ready to kind of take on the world again in our late 40s early 50s and then you look well especially as an actress um, you look and you think well where's the part so I feel fantastic I'm doing martial arts I'm doing this that and the other where's the niche for me it's not it's either playing this kind of bitter woman or you know and also just even getting back to the Irish thing I want to totally rename that you know those three circles that it's the maiden the mother and the crone like what's with the crone I, I'd like to make that the maiden the mother and the queen mm -hmm. because the experience that you have as you as you age and as you get older is far outweighs you know I always think that youth is wasted on the young to be honest with you um but yeah and I think especially and I I am at odds with myself constantly about this because I'm a public figure and because I'm told I need to be on Instagram it's all of this thing about what is the reality now I don't have a filter on today I'm just at my window as you can see here but you know there's lots of um you know, there's lots of lights that you can put on, etc. you know, and there's lots of filters on Instagram and it's creating this, you know, unreality. Um, and even in film, as you say about age and, and like the, the actress is, you know, 40 playing 60 or whatever, and it's all the way it's lit, etc. So, you know, it would be, I think there's a new app actually coming out that it's just B or something. You're, there's no filters. You're not allowed to use filters on it. And I think, you know, for me, one actress that I worked with a while back and it was beautiful and she really taught me how to be an actress um, is Linda Hamilton. She of Terminator uh, fame. Um, I remember seeing this long blonde hair from the back and thinking, oh God, when she turns around, what am I going to see? Thinking it was going to be all this filler and X, Y, and Z. And she is refreshingly um, untouched, which is lovely. And I think it, 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 it's, you know, you have to be very brave. As you say, like either you, you embrace it um, and you say, well, sod it, this is me and this is the way I'm going to be. Um, or you find a lot of casualties in my industry that, you know, go down that road and try and change themselves. And they don't look younger. They just look strange. 
in my opinion. And, and, and I mean, I'm, I might be sounding harsh, but this is from my perspective, you know. Um, and yet there's fewer parts. And then, you know, we always have to, I guess, you know, at my age as well, my children are getting that bit older. They're older now so that I can go back to work, but I am slightly sometimes in a bit of a limbo land. Um, and I just have to kind of take that on the chin, really, you know? On my aging chin. Yeah, no, no, I was reading actually uh, uh, Curtis Scott Thomas talking about you know the nonsense of like being told oh use the, do the creams do the yoga do all these things and then you do them all and then there's no parts for you so you, do you know what I mean that in a way it's it's what you're saying there and I remember when I was going you know going going through various. Uh, uh, academic work in the past, I used to have to go out to find French films for a while because they were the only films that actually, uh, that you felt that you were getting a range of, um, of women of a certain uh, age and particularly as my focus was on sexuality in older women, uh, like that, like, you know, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole other issue. We could be here all day talking about that because uh, you're, apparently you are not sexual in any shape or form uh, after a certain age, according to, the, according to film anyway. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I just had to laugh because, you know, Mayor of Easttown, and it was so wonderful, you know, everybody was erupting. I was saying, oh, it's great that people are now noticing that, you know, women of a certain age are not supposed to have sex. But they were erupting over uh, Kate Winslet, and, and she's only in her mid-40s, like, and, you know, it's kind of hard, like, it's wonderful, but it's kind of hard to actually break out the balloons when you're talking about Kate Winslet, do you know what I mean? But anyway, we'll, we'll leave that for a minute. I want to come back to the Writers Lab, because I'm conscious that maybe there's people here today don't really know much about it and would be interested. How does it work? What do you what do? You do? Do, you, do you want to talk about that, uh, Ruth? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's really sort of three strands to it, right? There's the big element of it, which is kind of bringing all these amazing women screenwriters together to mm. build a community mm. and kind of share their stories and their experiences with each other. Um, and, the, and then, you know, spending three months of intensive development, like really going deep on stories and bringing in um, mentors and, um, yeah, going heavy on the development phase and, and going through drafts and drafts and drafts mm. until it's market ready. And then we, um, we take it to the marketplace. And that's where I think, you know, we are shouting to the market mm. that these stories are incredible. And what and are you hearing back from the market? Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because obviously last year was our first year mm. in the UK and Ireland. Mm. And we actually found that we had an incredible response mm. from producers particularly as well because, um, yeah, we, we were connecting writers directly to producers and to financiers and um, trying to really break down those barriers and, and forge those relationships mm. so that they can then go and actually build their careers mm. in the industry mm. and actually get traction on their projects. And we had a great response. You know, I'd still, you know, I'm, I'm not over 40, but I think it's really important people who aren't over 40 yes. are shouting about it yes. too, you know, yeah, and, and absolutely. then. Yeah. And because, yeah. you know, it's a, it is, um, you know, the, the industry is changing, hopefully in the right way. Mm. and. It's important that everybody is getting behind mm. understanding mm. how brilliant these stories are. Mm. So, yeah, that's what we do. Mm. You know, we, we develop, we connect, mm. and um, we create a community mm. for the writers. And do you have a call out? Is that the way it works? You have a call out. Um, yeah. Well, once, it, once, well, I know you're not up and running that long, but in other words, will there be a call out in the coming? What? Yeah. Months? Well, it's actually great timing. Yeah. Is it? Oh, there we go. Monday. Yeah. Monday we are. Monday. Yeah. Very convenient. The 2022 yeah. lab launches. Right. On Monday, and so. you, you ask people to submit what? A full script. A yeah. full script. Pilot or, or feature. Okay. Um, okay. And last year we received 656. Oh, scripts. my word. In three weeks. It was nuts. So Imagine. that just goes to show, like, the, the stories are there, yeah. the talent is there, yeah. and they were. It, the, the caliber was amazing you know it was incredible um and we expect to get a sort of similar amount this year maybe even more we don't know but um yeah and how many are selected 12. Twelve. Oh, so that's, last year that's was a, tough it was a bit yeah. different. Yeah. We, uh, it was twelve that were selected for the six months. Yeah. But then we also um, wanted to acknowledge. You know, we wanted to acknowledge because there were so many yeah. talented writers that we also had yeah. twelve finalists. Yeah. Um, who yeah. we, we offered some mentoring okay. for as well. Yeah. But um, 
for, for the current lab as well, the European lab that Ireland is part of, yes. um, 16 writers were selected um, from 13 countries, and it's English-speaking, and some will go into their foreign language, their own regional language. Right. So it's kind of amazing, where you're like, great, we're going to create a Polish feature film and get it out there, and Fremantle are financing mm. it. Or, And what's been really exciting for us, I think, as well, is that you know, we were launching this during COVID, so yeah. everyone's in lockdown and kind of probably feeling a bit shit, really. Mm. But you're having these amazing kind of Zoom conversations to excite people. And in launching the current European lab we're on, suddenly when it was, it, it's definitely been really interesting now bringing in actual <coughs> private financiers, so Fremantle, HBO mm. Max, Nordic, mm. and to have them say, we are really excited by some of the scripts that are going through your lab. and ideally want to finance them, you know. So um, half of the scripts from last year, half of the 12, um, six of them are either with producers at the moment or they're about to be optioned. Wow, that's um, great. Which is the yeah. point, like it comes yeah. down to sustainability, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and as we keep growing, we're still early, but as we keep growing, yeah, the point is, how can we ensure that the women at the end of the lab are hired for writers rooms? Yes. Who can we be doing deals with that, you know, HBO, mm. who can you hire? Who mm. can you so that's kind of, mm. you know, the ambition mm. to Now I know it's a great thing to have women of all ages writing scripts, but I'm curious as to whether whether you're noticing uh, that general kind of um, research truth that you, you know you tend to if you get people behind the camera you tend to get uh, that, that diverse voice and diverse perspective I'm just wondering if, if the women who are applying their scripts are are writing in parts for older women or can could, are, are, is there anything are there any kind of combination of factors that you go with there's this tendency to come through or is it a case of they're writing about everything I mean, they're writing about everything, you know, because I think a lot of people write from their lived experience. Yes, yes. You know? um, and what's been really important for us in doing the labs as well is ensuring that it's not... Like, it's been really important that we're engaging with Screen Island. Yes. We're engaging with Northern Ireland yes. Screen to yeah. ensure that the writers or a writer in the Scottish yeah. Highlands hears about us. Absolutely. Maybe they hear about yeah. us. And yeah. Yeah. So it's those voices we're tapping into mm. deliberately for those lived experiences right. too. Or yes. the lens, the perspective. Yes. What a, yes. What's that lens on yeah. life that yeah. you can give us? Yes. Um, so it is very yeah. broad. It's, yeah. it, and it's... Some are about, yeah, men, yeah. some are about younger women, some are about women yeah. who are 40 yes. plus. Yes, and, yes. Um, but as you say, it's that perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that we need more of. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know. Yeah. Coming back to, to kind of um, what we're seeing on our screens, Liz, as a viewer, are there, are there parts or are there characters or are there stories that you kind of go, they're not there? I mean, do you register absence? Um, I suppose I'd register um, real delight rarely. Right. Um, so I, I haven't. I mean, I just watched the um, what's it called? The dropout. The uh, Elizabeth Holmes story. You know, the tech billionaire. Oh, right. I see that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a masterpiece. Right. But I know that that showrunner, and that's a case yeah. of kind of feminist positivity yeah. in the sense of the exec from Disney, who had also championed Ryan Murphy and other kind of superstars. Mm had given this project to mm. Elizabeth Merriweather, who she'd worked with, who had been a kind of a staff writer on mm -hmm. Glee, and, and who had said to her, you can tell the story, you can do it. And and sure enough, she did. I mean, I don't know if you've all seen it. No, it's really it's astonishing. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's called The Dropout, yeah. and it's really well, it's kind of actually, personally, it was kind of, it's kind of like a masterclass in how do you do a kind of an adaptation of a true story with a female character wow. across. Yeah. It's just beautifully done, and the performances yeah. are great. Yeah. But that was a case of, where yeah, someone was really brought up, and I mm. think the perspective—I mean, you don't want to get too binary about it—but yeah. I think her perspective informed the the way the story was told. Mm. It would have been very different mm. if it had been a kind of more traditional right. model. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd like to think that will be, and to me, in, when I see like to me, the people who need the the kind of nudge are not necessarily the Netflix, the Amazon, mm. the mm. Disney's. They're quite aware mm. of the mm. issues. Mm. It's the more uh, well terrestrial broadcasters, yeah. or the slightly older yeah. models who aren't who are still in this kind of economic denialism yeah. Yeah. because it's true that 
yeah. especially with independent yeah. cinema. It's true. Yeah. Like I've had male sales agents tell me that yeah, it's the women over sixty who are their main audience. Yeah. But God forbid they make a film that yeah. they're gonna like. You know, it's like, it just like, seems so, to be insane, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a real bias, and it's yeah. been happening since yeah. I'm old enough to say. Fried green tomatoes. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Hundred million at the box office. Everyone yeah. went crazy. Yeah, this is a brand right. new world. Yeah. See, women go to movies. Yep, that was the yeah. last one for yeah. about twenty years. You know, so yeah, it's, no, it's, that's it's, that's a really hard one to get your head around. I mean, there's, it's just because it defies logic unless you start going into all kinds of things as to why that would be the case. But it defies logic at a kind of a, a, a kind of a superficial level when you're trying when you think that it's all about money. Clearly, yeah, it's it's not also, it's, there's no, there's no reason. Gee, are there gaps for you, like as a viewer? Do you see? Are there stories that you would like to see that, that aren't there, or? Well, I, my personal yeah. preference is yeah. for uh, quiet <coughs> drama yes. about real people. Yes. And I, I, I'm not interested in seeing. Um, sometimes you watch a film with a woman uh, in the lead and you yes. get the feeling that it was actually written for a guy and then somebody said, oh, well, we better cater to the women. <laughs> Let's we'll tick a box. Him, we'll turn <laughs> him into a woman. Yeah. Right. And then you have all these women behaving like men, oh. shooting people and overpowering big, strong men. <laughs> and I find that just so tedious. Okay. I, want, I want real people yeah. and real, real, real life mm. uh, problems that might be small. Mm but they're really important. Mm. And myself and Ruth, uh, we did a film, we wrote The Bright yes, Side. Yes. And that's all about mm. women mm. Um, and the varying mm. difficulties in life and, mm. and the joys. Mm. Um, mm. That's the kind of film I like mm. to work on. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do, you, do you, as a viewer, do you get pleasure in seeing your own age group represented? on the screen and do you I don't mind as long as yeah. the story is engaging right. I don't yeah. really care what yeah. age they are yeah. I'm not mad now about coming of age films yeah. Yeah. Um, but as long as there's a good story right okay and yeah. that's more important to yeah. me than how old the characters yeah. are mm. yeah 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 I'm just thinking of something Angelina said yeah. uh, about the menopause yes the yes. M word it's now actually yeah. very topical yes they're talking about it people yes. are saying the word yes thank god and, yes um, yeah the, the, the film we, we mm. did was based mm. on a book by Anne Gildee. That's right. And Anne has a, f a play mm. on at the moment, a one-man show mm. called How to Get the Menopause mm. and Enjoy mm. It. Mm. And it is a riot. So mm. I just, just want to say that mm. because please mm. go and see it. If, if she's on in Cl Clontarf at the moment. Mm. Okay. Right. Um, but it's, it's women and their issues are becoming, they're being talked mm. about. Mm. It's a start. It's a start. Mm. It's yeah. a start, yeah. Angeline, what about you? Would you... Uh, are there characters or stories that you feel they're not there, that you'd like to see there? Um, I don't, I mean, I think, you know, the world is, is, is a stranger, the real world. I mean, you know, people think, my God, you couldn't make it up or, you know, it's not a film. This actually happened in real life. So I think the more stories that we can tell that seem like, you know, far-fetched or whatever, probably, and are, you know, things that happened. I think that's great. And I think it shows how diverse we are as human beings. I think it would be nice to see more um, of that relationship between people, whether whatever gender, whatever sex, you know, uh, the and it is, I mean, life is, is a dance, really. We're all just walking each other home, really. And it's that kind of lovely merging of, of people and personalities. So I just like to see more of that. I mean, whether it's an older woman with a younger man, an older woman with a younger woman, um, and certainly more sexuality explored uh, um, post 50 years of age yeah absolutely and it shouldn't be the exception it should be the norm you know um I definitely feel that you know we are living longer so we're kind of coming to certain stages in our life um at, at different points um and I think we should be validated and facilitated to do that mm -hmm. so I think yes I agree with Jean about stories and stories being um you know just told in a beautiful honest way and through an honest lens, really. I think that's the main thing. Um, I, I'm just thinking there of um, th that, whole, that whole kind of representation of sexuality or of relationships even. Are women, are women still 
over, I don't know, over 50, over 60, whatever, are they still kind of occupying the grandmother role? Uh, are we still seeing too many of those? Or um, the, the wife or grandmother, let's say, without having any agency in, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a wife and grandmother. I am actually both, and a mother, I should say, in case, you know, I, I know I can I skip over <laughs> So all of those things. But do but you know what I mean? You can be a wife, you can be a grandmother, you can be, and you can still, you know, want to go off in a car somewhere or, or walk, uh, you know, walk over, do the uh, Camino or just be, you, you, or, or decide to open a business or whatever. Um, I don't think that, uh, and we'll talk in a minute maybe because I think there is some difference here between film and TV, but do you think there's a slowness to grasp that, you know, we, we live long, fruitful lives and, and, and there's excitement to be had at 60 and 70. It doesn't have to be in these little boxes. Yeah. I do. And I mean, when you said that, suddenly um, that film Shirley Valentine springs to mind. Mm -hmm. And how long ago was that, you know? Um, and again, like, I guess if you're trying to make something, it, it probably would look too much like a statement, you know? Mm -hmm. As I said, I just think there needs to be more things made mm -hmm. uh, through those lens and through that, that perspective that uh, it doesn't become like, oh, look, we're making this kind of film or this is the kind of, you know, and actually i looked earlier on netflix just to see in the first kind of two layers what kind of you know um what was out there and in terms of actresses what age were they i didn't really the only film i found on netflix the only series with actresses that were 50 plus uh was uh ozark all the rest had actresses i'd say around the oldest would have been about 45. Uh, and, you know, to say 40 plus is, is great, but I mean, you know, especially as you said earlier about the execs go 40 plus, you know, maybe there's as well, there's a kind of subconscious barrier of not going over 45, 48, mm -hmm. but, you know, we, we, and, you know, we're healthier, we're stronger, we're living longer, we're, you know, we, we still have our sexuality. So I think it just needs to be pushed that little bit more. Mm -hmm. I was actually really delighted to see that there's an actress in that that's 70 something. There's a 60 year old, Liz, uh, Laura Linley is 58. Yeah. Fabulous, you know? Oh, no, it is, yeah, yeah. And I don't know whether any of you are watching Julia at the minute uh, yeah. I, by now TV. I don't know what age Sarah Lancashire is. I mean, she's wonderful. I adore her in anything. But I just think that the other, you know, the, you've got uh, Bibi Newworth and you've got that other brilliant woman, I can't remember her name, uh, that plays Blanche in it. It's just populated by, and you just it just feels so refreshing to have that mix of ages on screen, you know? Uh, in the same way as we were talking recently, how uh, wonderful an intergenerational house soul can be with grandparents and children and you know it's just that mix of age it's this segregation of age that we tend to be uh, so expert at that I think is so damning um, can I come back to you too and ask you you're doing these are films now right it's a film film development TV is TV film and TV film and TV is it is there a distinction? Is it easier? In other words, when you start talking about actresses over a certain age, and I think there's a whole thing we could say, because there's something almost like we can accept 45, but actually, we're, when you talk about 55 and 65, we seem to be going into other territory. So it's kind of like we're, we're, we're sort of dragging the, the notion of the older woman, and the older woman at 45 would be, uh, um, you know, quite a young woman in my opinion I'm sure there's those of you nodding there saying yes she's right um, but uh, but what I'm saying to you is the, the sense that it's easier maybe that you'll get more opportunities for a variety of ages on television than film is that true in your in your example Ruth and Julia it depends right in terms of when you're talking mm. film there's mm. gamuts of film mm. like so I'm mm. a I love film. I love independent mm. film. So yeah. you know what goes to can. I love that. Mm. Um, some of those films are breathtaking, mm. and it's incredible the representation mm. of. And why I love mm. it is because I'm feel like I'm privy to not just some of the best filmmaking in the world, but voices that I'm mm. not usually seeing mm. or hearing. So I think mm. independent cinema. Yeah. I think independent film mm. can open up mm. that those voices. But gosh, they've probably been working for. 20 years mm. to get that film made yes yeah whereas mm. i think in tv it's a bit harder you know mm. it's a bigger there's more money uh, you know involved um usually um in tv and i think with commercial film 
again, it just depends, right? Like I was reading about, is it called The Book Club? That Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And is it Jane Fonda who's in that? Is that right? Who's in that? Yeah. I think it's Jane Fonda who basically said that apparently when they, just before they were going to make it, the producers and the execs wanted to lower the age. Yeah, this, so all the this is such a common thing. They're meant to be in their yeah. 70s yeah. and wanted to lower it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so I suppose it just it just depends. Mm. But I think in at the end of the day, it has to do mm. with cast mm. now. Everything mm. is about who your cast mm. is. Mm. So, you know, uh, if you can get Jennifer Aniston mm. or Reese Witherspoon, mm. fine. But isn't it interesting, you know, if you can get Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon who do not look their age and who are a particular visual um, aesthetic. Do you, do you think that there's an awful lot of self-rejection? I do. Yeah, and I mean, I, until our eyes mm. are kinder yeah. to looking mm. at naked older women oh, absolutely. and men, but yes. older women in particular, yeah. mm. because you can imagine young mm. women, oh no, sex, I know. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And yet, is there anything more powerful yeah. Yeah. than a really a sexual mm. older woman? Mm. And maybe that's why mm. it's not seen, yeah. because if you, as a younger sexual mm. woman, you're much more likely to be able to mm. manipulate yes. or insecure yeah. or played. Yeah. But when you're older yeah. and you're uh, embodying mm. your sexuality, mm. Like that's a scary yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's threatening, you know. It is. You're not going to be as easy. And so I wonder. I mean, oh no, I think you're you're completely the right. The thing is to go ugly, and mm. then you you look in your the mm. mirror and you see wrinkles, and you you call yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so mm. until that's unplugged. Yes, 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 yes. And yet, let's be honest. You have actors and you have writers and directors and all of you in the room, all of us and beyond, who want to make. Our projects. I'm, I'm saying ours. I mean, I don't want to make your projects. I just want to support you. But do you know what I mean? Like, we, you, have to deliver, I'm sure you think, something that might sell. So we're all then kind of uh, having to sort of relook at, at the characters, the stories, to know, well, I might think that's beautiful, okay, but am I going to be able to convince the producers I go into. So it's all linked in. And until we start untangling it, that's why I think this conversation is so important. You know, until we, when we started talking about gender, a lot of people were going, she doesn't really have anything to say, there's no problem, it's like women aren't really right, they're not interested in directing, they're not putting themselves forward, and all of this type of thing. And then how could you prove it was happening? Well, how you proved it was happening is you got the stats and you said, well, it's a bit funny, actually, that of all these women, that you couldn't be bothered, and now look, because there's nobody, you know, they're not getting accepted. And, you, and I'm particularly concerned, I suppose, sorry, I'm... I'm on a soapbox, so I need to stop. So, Ruth, so I think you're completely right in terms of that. All the international research, including my own research back a few years of my PhD, would say that if a woman, an older woman, let's say, for, let's be kind, let's say 45 beyond, if she is in bed or in a sexual situation with someone, her body will never be shown. It is about uh, concealment. It's about... Um, the inference that sex it either has taken place with the sheet up here, so that's a whole thing that's not gone into at all. Um, and I don't know if any of you have seen The End with Harriet Walter. That's probably one of the most powerful um, uh, sexual depictions. Um, I, don't know where, I, I don't know where I actually saw it. I don't even know if it's available. I saw it in one of the streamers. I can't remember, maybe it was, yeah, but it was, it was really powerful, um, and uh, uh, I think, you know, whatever age she is, and she did enter into a sexual relationship with another woman, and she was after having a mastectomy or something, so there were many things, and it was actually the most out there representation that I have seen, and if you compare, like, the hullabaloo about uh, Kate Winslet, or mid-40s Kate Winslet, uh, you can see, you know, chalk and cheese, uh, but I, I'm so uh, on a soapbox now that I actually don't, I've lost my train of thought, and now I'm going to be stopped. This is my life. You have 15 minutes left. Okay, I'm now going to. Okay, okay, there's 15 minutes. Film and TV. I, I'll let you in in one second. Very quickly. Film and TV. Why is, does film seem to be harder to get older women onto? Why is it that we can go to the streamers and we can talk about Ozark and we can talk about, you know, Julia and so on? And a lot of these films and series we're seeing, and there seems to be more scope. On the streamers are on I TV. I wonder, is there? I is actually, there? Is there I not? kind of feel like it's almost the flip. Really? Where uh, when I say about the streamers, yeah. they're, they're. I think when it comes to yeah. ethnicity, race, yeah. they're yeah. they're kind of leading yeah. the way that yeah. way at least, whereas uh, yeah. conventional might yeah. not be. But because the diminishing independent film audience mm. is so mm. 
small that what, what, um, I, I do think there are certain actors who, and it's the older women. It's like if you can get Kirsten Scott Thomas or yes, yeah, um, Helen yeah, Mirren yeah, or there's. Yeah. Or so there's a few of them that are, as Josephine Dolan calls them, the untouchables. You know what I mean? Because they're always going to be yeah, the go-to. Yeah, they'll finance your film yeah. because of a certain yeah. budget. Yeah. Whereas, as Angeline points out yeah. on Netflix, diversity, that's what I'm saying, it's like diversity, ages, I don't know if ageism is really being included yes. in the diversity yeah. category yeah. yet. Yeah. And so it kind of needs a little bit yeah. of amplification. Yeah. And, and my suggestion is that it should be. Mm-hmm. And I do agree, I get a feeling that this audience does think so. Um, uh, Jean, TV film, which, have you any, you, has it been film you've written for really? Yeah. And have you any interest in writing for TV? Mm, I never had. Yeah. But now with big series. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's, there are more opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would. Yes. Yeah. I would. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see you. Uh, I just think it's wonderful because you, you would be my ideal. Because in a way, you are the embodiment for you of being of living in an age an ageless society because you have found your way through. You've 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 achieved a great success across a, a range of different areas, and you haven't felt undermined, which I think is wonderful. No, I suppose I, I keep to myself a lot and I work alone. Yeah. So. I I don't I haven't had those yeah. negative experiences. No, it's it's fantastic. You know, uh, I mean. That's what we want for everybody. It's yeah. just and great. And in fact, you know, I mean, populations are aging. I, yeah. just, I just found the statistic. I thought it was amazing. The number of people over 60 yeah. will account for one-fifth of the population mm. by 2050. Yeah. So, and there's another one. Uh, children that are 16 mm. now, mm. they will probably, a quarter of them will mm. celebrate their 100th birthdays. Mm-hmm. So actually soon, we won't be the older yeah. women. But you see, but you know, I know that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really joyous comment. I'm going to reflect on that. Angelina, can I come to you? Film or TV? Do you see a difference in terms of opportunities for women? You know, 45 plus. Do you think there's a difference? Yeah, I, I think it's slowly emerging. Like um, I did this series called Hidden Assets, and actually Deadly Cuts, which was Liz's film. And I think certainly there's like lead characters emerging that it's never really discussed as well, the age, you know, I'm not, you know, kind of putting it up there like I'm this age and look at me. So, you know, up there for kind of comparison, not at all. Mm -hmm. So I think it is happening slowly at a much slower rate than um, the rest of it, you know, like the the racism, the genders and all that. But um, hopefully it will it will, you know, come to fruition that it, it's not an issue or it's not something that you need to mention in the script, you know. Um, in terms of, you know, and as well as that, I think also maybe there's a play on that, that everything, a lot of things now um, has been filmed in high definition. Yeah. So there is absolutely no, you know, the, there's no filters on that. And maybe that's why some actresses or actors feel the need to filter themselves and put on all of this because high def is literally you don't get away with anything so um yeah i just i just think that you know it would be all incredible it, wouldn't the world be amazing if we could just accept ourselves as we are yeah. and aging and all that but i guess we're all trying to defeat death yeah well of course we are yes yeah but i think it's interesting and we haven't got time to go into it today but like we talk about aging we talk about aging in the screen industries but aging definitely on the screen, I think, is kinder to ageing males. So the statistics would say anyway. Um, I mean, I know everybody jumps in with what about Clint Eastwood, admittedly, yes. And, uh, you know, so on. But, but you know, male actors have a longer life, a longer screen life. Yeah. And it's very rare that you might see a male actor with a, dare I say, a, a female romantic uh, lead being the same age as him. Usually a hell of a lot younger. So I just think it's interesting for us to pull all these threads together because we mightn't be naming it, but when you start unpicking and seeing everything that's going on, you realise, well, that's kind of what it is, you know? Hey guys, because we're on such a a time, you know, schedule and everything, it's time to say goodbye. Angeline, thank you for your contribution, which was immense and which we really, really enjoyed. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. Thank you so much. So much. I'm sorry I couldn't be there in person. But no, I, ha- I had a great time. Can I just leave you with this um, this little quote? Uh, it's kind of anti-ageism. I hope um, it's 
Age is irrelevant. Ask me how many sunsets I've seen, hearts I've loved, trips I've taken, or concerts I've been to. That's how old I am. That's a nice song. Guys, and guys, a nice big thank you for Ruth Spencer, Julia Berg, Jean Pesley, and Liz Gill. If you would like to learn more about the Writers Guild of Ireland, check out script.ie.